we'd like to welcome you to The Journey from the Hill. This is a weekly podcast of Chapel Hill Baptist Church. Each week, you'll hear biblical teaching from our pastor, Dr. Shannon Moses. At the end of today's podcast, you'll hear a way to reach out to us with any questions you might have about this message. Now, let's prayerfully listen as Dr. Moses opens the Word of God. you got your Bibles, turn over with me to the book of Colossians. We're reading through Colossians day in and day out. This morning I want us to kind of look at what's sort of behind the scenes of this book, what's happening, and you know, um, Paul never saw this church. Paul never saw the, the people in Colossae, one of his missionary journeys, second, third missionary journeys. He spent a lot of time around Ephesus, spent a lot of time there. The people that uh, followed him, the people that came to trust Christ through his teaching, planted this church. And there's a lot of stuff going on in the church of Colossae. There's a lot of heresy. There's a lot of heretical teachings, things that are going on that has crept into the church. And you know, a lot of times as here we are in today's world, we look at this old book that's been around for some 2,000 years or so, give or take, and it's hard to relate, it's hard to connect, because we say it's not written to us. We, it's hard sometimes to put yourself into that position to hear it and apply it personally. But when you look at this letter, when you see who the audience is and where Paul is writing from, he's writing from prison. He wrote several of his prison epistles from prison. Uh, Philemon, this, uh, Ephesus, I think Philippians were all written from prison. And Paul is wanting his people Paul is wanting those churches to get it. You can hear in the language, you, as you read the, the Bible over and over, especially like what we're doing, as you read it slower and you start reading it with the punctuation because you, you just read it yesterday and you're thinking, well, I want to reread it today and I'm going to read it slower because there's some days we just sort of check the box and we read it 100 miles an hour and we read the Bible, now it's time to go to life. But when you slow it down and you start seeing the, the intricacies of the letter and, and what exactly Paul is talking about here, and you see the, the heart of what he's saying. This morning, what I want you to get from it is, is it is a mental, it's mental. The war is mental. The walk is mental. It's fleshed out through our physical, but the struggle is mental. What comes out of our mouths a lot of times has been filtered, and before we speak, before we act, before we do, 
It's been filtered by the mind, and, and we know, it's like, I know I shouldn't do this, I know I shouldn't do it, she, but she's made me so mad, or he's made me so mad, or, or I know this is wrong, or I know that is wrong, and, and you work yourself up, and it's all mental, it is a mental battle that is being waged even now. It's easy for the mind to wander, it's easy for the mind to just kind of not be here. Have you ever been physically there, but mind be way far away? You know what I'm talking about? It's easy to do that. But our minds are, our minds are a powerful thing. It's the, the, the soul, the, the who we are, the person of me, the, the thinkingness, the person of who you are. And Paul is wanting it to, Paul is wanting those people, those followers of Christ to, to really get it. To really, not just, not just know little bits. I went down, first song, I went down, did my normal routine. I, I usually walk out. I'll go down there, grab me coffee. Just, just I do, I, I do that. I've been standing. I go down there while during the first song or second song, and I kind of walk around the gym and pray a little bit. And I come down through and I walk back by, and the, uh, Erica's in there doing a new members class for the little people, and she's talking about just little verses. Remember when we were learning little verses? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Remember the little verses for gospel of the world, the foundational verses. But you know, as we go from that box down there to the bigger box in here, as we graduate in life, it, what are we doing with those little verses? You know, I, I thought about this a lot this week. It's, you know, most of us, I mean, we got some really good athletes around this room. Most of us in this room, some of us in this room, were decent athletes ourselves, and you know, if you're a parent, here's what we do. Every time the, the season for whatever the sport is, whether it's football or baseball or basketball or softball or golf or track or tennis, whatever it is, we, we as parents, what do we do? We go down to Dick's Sporting Goods, we go to Academy, we go to the places and we buy our kids whatever the new, we get them if they, I mean, most of our kids aren't, aren't on, in the field playing baseball or softball with a 20-year-old glove, are they? No. They're probably not up to bat with, with uh, a 2004 bat, are they? No. They probably, for most of them, they got the latest and greatest, right? Why do we go buy them the latest and greatest? Why do we, why do we give it to them? So they make the team? Think about it. Do we go get them that brand new glove? And that brand new bat and in brand new cleats and we spend all that money for socks and pants and belts and shirts and all these hats and we just so that they make the team? No. I mean, we've spent so much money on golf not to just make the team. You've spent so much money on your sport not to just make the team, right? But to do what? To be pretty good. I mean, Matthew, how much money have you spent on fishing? 
I mean, remember, when I was growing up, it was crickets, worms, and some chicken liver if I could find some. Is that all you took? No. You spent tons and tons and tons of money to have everything possible on the boat. Why? Because you didn't just want to go fishing. What did you want to do? You wanted to be a really good fisherman. Guys, that's what Paul is doing here in the book of Colossians. Yeah, there's, there's, some, there's some heresy he deals with. There's some struggles that is going on. There's some stuff that's creeping into the, the local church that they're dealing with, and he's correcting it. He's, he's pointing it out, and he's re-emphasizing the supremacy of Christ over all the rest. But he's not wanting them just to be mediocre. He's not wanting them to just go through the Christian motions. He's wanting them to be really good. I want you to, I want you to not just make the team and, and sit on the bench. I want you to start. And, and I don't want you to just start. I want you, when all-stars roll around, I want you to be named an all-star. And when all-stars happen, I don't want you to just be an all-star. I want you to be the MVP. And when the, when the game is on the line in the bottom of the seventh and you're up to bat, I don't want you to watch three balls come by you and you watch three pitches. I want you to knock it out of the park. This father that we sing about that says run to the father no matter how far we are, you know what he wants us to do every single day of our life? He don't want us just on the team. He don't want us just in the family. He wants us knocking it out of the park every day. He wants us to be the MVPs every single day. He wants us to be making much of Him and shining and, and serving and living and being the best of His that we can possibly be. Not just a part of the family, praise God. But guys, all the riches that come, all the promises that are, all the truth that is, is ours in Christ. It is in Christ. Look at, look at chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. If you've been raised up with Christ... Keep seeking those things. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of His, if you've trusted Him and you've been brought from death to life, then we're not to get caught up in the all of this here stuff, all of this messed up stuff. Look back over at chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 4, I say this so that no one will delude you with pervasive arguments. Look at chapter, verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy or empty deception according to the traditions of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. 
Look at 16. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to festivals or new moons or Sabbath days, things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Now let me say something to you. How do we bridge the gap from context of, let's say, first century church, context of 58 to 62 A.D. church, to where you have people who have crept into the body saying, hey, You've got to live a certain way and act a certain way. You've got to follow certain festivals. They're pulling them back into the old way of thinking. You've got to do this and act this way and be this person. You've got to do certain things. Verse 20, if you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why, as, 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 as if you were living in the world, do you submit yourself to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch? Again, the context here, it's hard. It's hard for us because you say we are, we're Americans and we're reading this and there ain't nobody telling us not to touch or taste or handle. No, but there's other things that take us and control our minds. And we get so caught up with power, fame, money, stuff, being something, being known as something, having something. The church, you got to realize Paul is sitting here trying to get this church to... to Listen, Christ is enough. Focus on Christ. Set your mind. If you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated, at the right hand of the Father. Verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Church, it's easy to get caught up in the, in the rat race of this world. And here's the deal. If we're not careful, we will allow the rat race and all the struggles and the gossip and the hearsay and he said or she said or can you believe or oh my God, did you read that? Did you see that? We get so caught up in all of that stuff and it turns us against one another. It turns us all the while when our minds are down here when they should be up there. You have died and your life is hidden in Christ, in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. Look, look at verse 23 of chapter 2. Look at this. Look at this. Guys, it's a mental war. It's a determined Remember those boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, we're not going to eat. We are not. You can put the food in front of us, but doggone it, we are not eating the king's food. Verse 23, these are matters which have to be sure the appearance of wisdom in self-made religion and self-abasement and the severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against Fleshly indulgences.
That is so key. Because the war is in the mind. You can be number one. You can have it all. You can have all the friends and all the fame and all the power and all the influence. And you can please everybody. And if your heart and if your mind is caught up in all of this junk down here, I've got to do this to make them happy and I've got to be there to make that group happy. And I've got, to, I've got to, if I just do a little bit more, I will get to this point. Have you ever noticed that when you get to this point, then there's, wait a second, I, I thought it would be better. Then there's, well, I, I need to do a little more and I'll make it here. And, and it's all going to be better. When I get there, it's all going to be good. And lo and behold, when I get there, another door is like, man, I've got to do more. And then more happens. And it's like, this never ends. But I've done gone this far and I've done put in this much time and this much effort and I'm going to do more and more and more and it looks like we're doing something really good but it's nothing for the kingdom it has nothing to do with Christ it has nothing to do with eternal things it has nothing Nothing to do with eternal things. God wants us to be of be the envy of P every single day of the game of life doing things of eternal significance. And you know what? The world may never see that. You'll probably never get. They'll never notice. But he sees it. See the difference. This world has this thing to where to arrive, it has to be seen by others, and you're becoming, and you, you made it, man. You got there. You got there. You got there. But you lost your family. You lost your marriage. Your kids hate you. You quit church. You're not who you were. What went wrong? Where did it go wrong? Why did you, why did you chase fleeting, useless things? Because the world has us convinced that this matters. Job. Keep it up. Keep going. Set your mind on heavenly things. Set your mind not on earthly things, but on heavenly things. Look at all. Verse 5, chapter 3, verse 5. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality and 
impurity and passion and evil desire and greed which amounts to idolatry? For it's because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. For in them you also once walked. Past tense. That's not who you are anymore, church. That's who you once were. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them aside. Anger and wrath and malice and slander and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and put on a new self who is being renewed to the true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free man. But Christ is all in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion. How do you be an MVP in the kingdom? How do you be an all-star in the kingdom? How do you be well-pleasing to Abba, Father God in the kingdom? It looks radically different than the world system. The world is dog-eat-dog. Get to the top, stepping on whoever you have to step. Well, I got to get mine. I got to feed mine. If I don't, they are. And listen, I get it. They're going to run over you. They're going to get the sale, and you're not. They're going to get the win, and you're not. They're going to get the promotion, and you're not. So you just have to keep going. Yeah, but I got to cut a corner here, and I got to give a little here, and it just gets a little gray, preacher. And, and you know, I have to do some things, and I have to fudge a little here, and fudge a little there, and I have to do just a little to get ahead, because I got to get ahead. boy. You did good. Go do it again. You did good. Go do more. And when, you, and when you allow yourself, when we allow ourselves to start going down that slippery, slippery, slippery slope, before long we are so caught up into it. Well, I've done it for so long. I can't get out of it. I've just been doing it. I'm So, verse 12. I promise you there's no claps for these. There's no attaboy for this. There's no, wow, did you see what he did? There's no... Thumbs up and likes and shares and promotions and benefits. There's no worldly benefits for this. But it's who we are. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. 
beyond all these things, put on love. Love is weakness. Love, if they see, if they see me love, if they see me care, if they see me, they'll see weakness. Christ naked on a cross, bleeding out before the world was weakness, right? He's our example. We're to have the mind of Christ, who although at any moment he could have pulled the God card, but at every step of his journey, he stayed humble, and obedient to the Father, to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's our example. Beyond all these, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule your heart to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful that the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, with psalms and hymns, with spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in the hearts of God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Paul here is writing a letter to a church that has basically let the world slip in. And he refutes it. He literally refutes the the high heresy here is that Christ isn't God. The high heresy of Colossians is that Jesus isn't enough. And he refutes it time and time and time again. Chapter 1, verse verse. 15, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of creation. For by Him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers and authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things. And Him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. He gets first place. When we set our minds on things above and not on things of this world, making him first place matters. You see the conflict? You see how simple and subtle? And and here's the thing. He is first place in everything. Set your mind on things above. Over in chapter 2, Paul says, For in Him the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, verse 9. Verse 10, And in Him you have been made complete, and He is the head over all rule and authority. He is the head over all rule and authority. Set your mind on things above and not on things below. Here's the deal. There is the struggle. Pleasing men or pleasing God? Pleasing one that we have to stand before on the day of judgment or pleasing those who can't save anyone? Pleasing the one that made it all possible or pleasing the great deceiver who has spent since his fall a campaign of 
deception, convincing men and women, boys and girls, that if you just, what did he offer Jesus? Bow down. It's all been given to me. Whoever bows down, I, I can give it to whoever. Wow. You can get me some of this? Oh, I can get you some of that. You can get me some attaboys? Yes. You can make me up top. You can put me up top. You can have people answer to me. Oh, yeah, I can hook you up. The great deception. In the mind. Those of us who have been raised up in Christ. Those of us who know Christ. This world has nothing to offer. In comparison to knowing Christ and being known by Him. That was Paul's concern for that church. Can you imagine how it's relevant today? Paul's concerned, Epaphras had come and he said, look, look, there, there's some stuff, the church is doing good. Paul writes about it in chapter 1, first few verses, we've heard about your love, we've heard all of this, but we've heard some things are going on in there, and it's concerning Paul even says in chapter 2, verse 1, he says, you've never laid eyes on me. You don't know me, but I'm concerned about you. Because you're letting things slip in. And you're following things and you're getting caught up in stuff that doesn't worship the one that matters. You're settling with, hey, it's fine to be on the team. You don't have to do nothing. You, you, listen, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to fully commit. You don't have to fully buy in. You, listen, you're good. You're in. You're on the team. You don't have to try. When you love, nobody's going to notice. When you show compassion, nobody cares. You're going to get run over. When you, when you sacrifice, Listen, the world's going to leave you in the dust. But imagine this, church. So what if the world leaves us in the dust? If the God of this universe looks over you and smiles. Says, that's my boy. That's my little girl right there. He's doing it. He ain't ashamed. Her priorities is right. Her, her mind is... She sees that this stuff don't matter. Smoke and mirrors. It's just a... Just masquerade. It's a... At the end of the day, the only thing, Chapel Hill Baptist Church, the only thing that's going to matter is what you've done for Christ. 
Everything else will burn up as wood, hay, and stubble. Father God, the fight is real, but the war, it's a subtle war. It's subtle, God. Lord, there's no there's no bleeding. There's no screaming. There's no there's no armies attacking. It is just a subtle war that has raged against us daily. God in heaven, help us who have been raised up in Christ Jesus, who have trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Help us to keep our eyes and our hearts and our minds and our walks and our lives focused and fixed on You, the author and perfecter of our faith. The applause of men fades, but the joy in the Lord. That's our strength. What profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet loses his soul, Lord God? Help us to stand firm, determined to live in Christ, clothed in His righteousness every single day, Lord, with one goal in mind, that is to please You in all aspects of our life. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. We love You. In Your name we pray. Amen. We hope you received a blessing from this week's message. If you have any questions about what you heard from Pastor Shannon this week, you may call our church office at area code 205-339-4071. We pray that God's word strengthens you as you go on your journey today.